0: The Lord be with you. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Amen. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And he left everything and rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house and there was a large company of tax collectors and others sitting at table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes murmured against his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord So we've switched over from Matthew's Gospel to Luke's Gospel this morning, Um, but we've gone back a step chronologically in the life of Christ. And so yesterday we were looking at the disciples of John the Baptist coming into this same uh, feast that Levi was holding. Um, for these other Pharisees and these sinners, all coming and drawing them to Jesus, and uh, that John the Baptist's disciples come in after this scene. But here is where the Pharisees come in, and they are scandalized at the company that Jesus keeps. And so, uh, what happens here? We can see and we can imagine uh, this uh, Levi, this this person we know who to be Matthew as well. And so, Matthew is a tax collector. He's one of the most Uh, hated persons in this town, and so the Lord who has just healed the paralytic is now walking through Capernaum, and as he walks, he passes the tax collection office, probably the most hated building in all of Capernaum, and within that building, there is the most hated person, Matthew. He is a betrayer to his people. That's the way in which they look at him. He corroborates and works with the Roman oppressors as they see them, and he participates in that taxation that the Romans have placed upon the people. And so not only is he working for the Romans, but he has also, as far as they can see it, betrayed his people. And so he is completely detestable in their eyes. And you can imagine even from his perspective, as he has taken and maybe fell into this uh, profession, whether it was by choice or not, probably by choice, and as he then grew um, in his, kind of his own personal success and his own personal gain, but he also then would have experienced what it was to be rejected by everyone that around, was around him. And at this point, he probably had no way out of this profession. So hated was he by everyone that who would give him an opportunity for change? His reputation has been completely destroyed, somewhat by his own doing, somewhat by the gossip of others. He is hated and he knows he is hated. And so he sits in this tax office and you can imagine probably looking in desperation for some way out. And all of a sudden, a way is presented to him. Not a new occupation, not a new work that he is supposed to do, but a person. The way, the truth, and the life walks past his situation and calls him out from it. Calls him out from this trap that he himself has put himself in. He has become trapped in this occupation. He has become hated, and he has probably begun to hate it himself. And the Lord looks at him not as everyone else looks at him. Everyone turns and sees the tax collector, the Lord sees a future apostle. The Lord sees the potential of the sinner that is before him. The Lord sees all those who will be affected by the ministry of this wonderful apostle whom he will now call to himself. Where everyone else only sees the rough stone, the Lord perceives the diamond. He knows that with a certain amount of work and cutting away, what will be produced here is one of the pillars of his own church. And so as the Lord walks past and he turns to Matthew, he has only to look at him and to say, follow me. And his own personal desperation for change we can see manifest by the fact that he just simply leaves everything. He He just throws it all aside and he follows after Jesus. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't say, where are we going? He knows that this is just simply a way out. This is his salvation. This is his deliverance from this life that he has become entrenched in, this sin that he has become entrenched in, Jesus Christ. The Lord has only to speak two words to him and the trap that he has put himself in is sprung and he is free and he leaves everything and he follows after Jesus and in celebration, in rejoicing, he throws a great feast. He leaves everything behind at his place of work and even in his place of where he lives, in his home, he also then begins to give everything. He makes a great feast for other tax collectors and other sinners that they might gather around and experience this same rejoicing. That the traps that they have placed themselves in because of their own sin can also be sprung by Christ. That they now have an opportunity to follow a new way, Jesus himself. He knows himself to be a sinner, and he is open to the words of Jesus. And yet, as always happens, those who should be more critical with themselves but always turn their critical eyes towards others are always kind of looking to interfere. And so the Pharisees, as always, they kind of come in around to see what the Lord is doing, and instead of rejoicing at this miracle that all of these great sinners are converting, are leaving behind the things that were so detestable, instead of rejoicing at this, they begin to murmur. They cannot see the good work being done because they are not open to it. They cannot see their own personal need for Jesus Christ because they do not acknowledge their own personal sins. They're so particularly focused on the sins of others that they are completely blind to themselves completely blind to the truth of their own interior (laughs) humility humility is the virtue by which we live in truth that's what St. Thomas Aquinas says humility lives in truth the Pharisees live under an illusion not under truth they think themselves to be righteous and they are not and so the truth is not in them they think themselves not to be sinners and yet they are and so the truth is not in them In order to live in humility, we have to acknowledge ourselves to be sinners and that we have need of a Savior. The beauty of that is that there is a Savior. There is Christ himself, the way, the truth, and the life. But if we do not acknowledge our need of him, then we will not follow him. We will not run after him when he passes by, when he calls to us. And so we pray in this season of Lent what is supposed to happen in this season is that we receive a deeper and deeper contrition for our own sins, not so that we end up despairing, but so that we come to know the need that we have of Christ and that we respond ever more readily and promptly to his call when he calls us. The Pharisees not only do not acknowledge their own interior, but they also do not understand the scriptures and the words of Jesus. What the Lord says after this to them is he says, go and learn this saying. Go and learn what this means. And one of the commentators and the church fathers says that this shows that they do not understand the scriptures. They do not understand the words of God. They are not open to God's word. Levi, on the other hand, is open. As he sits there, the Lord has only to speak to him and say, follow me. He listens, he understands, and he responds to God's word. And so also in this season of Lent, not only are we called to see ourselves and to acknowledge our sinfulness and our need of Jesus, but open ourselves up to when he passes by. And the place in which the Lord passes us by is here at the Mass. He comes, he is present, he speaks to us through the scriptures, and he calls, to us, into an, he calls us into an ever more deeper relationship with him. Let us pray for the grace to have true contrition for our sins, to understand the words of the Lord, to appreciate his presence, and to respond promptly when he calls us. Amen.